0: Let's look at the book of Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, today we ask, O God, that there will be grace released upon your people to understand and to comprehend and to enjoy the goodness of God. May your word come with authority. May your word come with power. May your word come with conviction. And Lord, may your people come into an understanding of your goodness. You are a good God. And we give you praise for being who you are. To us, to our church, to our family members, in Jesus' name. Romans chapter 2 and verse number 11. If you find it, say amen. Amen. Can we all read that? One, two, go. Read it. Verse 11. Well, if you read different translations, of course it's going to come across like that. (laughs) It says, for there is no partiality with God. There is no what? God does not discriminate. God does not look at race. God does not look at color. And even if he does, he doesn't look at it the way carnal people do. Are you listening to me? Well, the Bible says that when we get to heaven, heaven will be filled with people from all tribes and all tongues and all nations. So it means that God is so good that he wants everyone to come in. The Bible says in the last days, I will shake some nations. Do we have Bible students here? In the last days, seeth God, I will shake some nations. All. No, that's not what it says. I will shake all nations. Yes, and the, the, the Hebrew word for all is all. <laughs> <laughs> I will shake all nations. Notice, God does not want to shake some nations. God wants to shake all nations. And I can tell you that God is shaking the nations of the earth as we speak right now. The Holy Ghost is not limited. The Holy Ghost is moving all over the world. The Bible says that the knowledge of the glory of God shall fill the earth as the waters cover the seas. So God's knowledge is all over the world. God has poured out his spirit upon the earth. Can someone say Amen? amen. Because God loves the nations. God God loves the nations of the earth. Your tribe, your tongue, your nation, your your skin color. And I like that because God is a God of diversity. Come on on now, say amen. amen. God is very diverse. And I believe that the nations of the earth represent God. If you know what I mean by that. The nations of the earth, the peoples of the nations represent God. We came from God. Yeah. And God welcomes everybody and God loves everybody. Amen. The separation and the segregation and the division, you see, does not come from God. It is the work of the devil. And it is the work of the flesh. Are you listening to me? God loves you. You mean so much to God. And I've said it over and again that if you were the only one on earth, Jesus would have come. That is how much he values you. So Romans 2.11 says, for there is no partiality with God. Now, I like the rendering in the Amplified Classic. It says in Amplified Classic, for God shows no partiality on due favor of unfairness. With him, one man is not different from another. That's a good place to shout amen. Amen. With God, one man is not different from the other. That simply tells me that what God has done for this brother, God can also do for me. That's what it means. What God has done for you, God can do for the other guy. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he can also do for you. How many of you know that song? Some of you don't. It's a song, it's a very popular song. It is no secret what God can do. What is done for others, He'll do for you. That is the God we serve. What He has done for Mr. A, He can also do for Mr. B. So there is no room to envy someone that is that is blessed by God. Because the same God that has blessed and honored them also want to bless and honor you but here is what you must ask yourself when you see someone who is being blessed experiencing the goodness of god in their lives you've got to ask the question what have they done because blessing or cursing does not come upon the believer accidentally What did I say? Listen, this is very important. There are things you activate in the spirit that releases the manifestation of that which God has placed on the inside of you. The Bible says we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. You are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. But here is my question. Does everyone enjoy the fullness of the blessing? Why? Because not everyone has got a revelation of what is available to them in Christ. Excuse me. Can someone say amen? amen? So having a revelation it 's important having a revelation is what. let me say that again. having a revelation is important. why? Because revelation will stir something up in you, and revelation will propel you to do some things. Now we are coming close to Christmas. people are going to start preaching from Matthew chapter two. Matthew chapter two tells us of this of these men that came from the east they came from from the east all the way from what we know today as modern-day Iran. And they came all the way to worship the king that has been born. They traveled this treacherous journey for about three months, or more than three months to arrive at where Jesus was. And when they came to worship this baby, they came with some very precious gifts. Now, I have gone to visit mothers who just gave birth. I promise you, when I got to their homes, I did not fall on my face to worship the baby. Uh And I did not travel for three months to see a new baby. (laughs) You've got to understand, at the time, they had no planes. Correct? They had no trains. They had no vehicle. The only thing they could travel with were donkeys and horses and camels and so they had to travel for months to arrive at the place Jesus was what was it that made them do that what was it that encouraged them to go what was it that instigated them what was that what was it revelation Those men had revelation of this baby. Notice Herod, this baby was born under his nose, and Herod had no revelation. What Herod wanted to do was to kill the baby. Correct? But these men who were not men of covenant with God, they had a revelation of this baby. They said a king has been born. But people in the neighborhood did not even understand that a king has been born. It took men to come all the way from the east to announce to the people in the town that some baby, very special baby, has been born amongst you. That was a a revelation. But the reason why I'm stressing this is because the revelation that those men had was what got them on the journey. So revelation will instigate action. Mm. Get that now. That's where I'm trying to take you to. Revelation will instigate action. So it is when people have revelation of what we're talking about that will instigate action that will produce the blessing. Are you getting what I'm saying? What I said to you earlier is, actually was a question, does everyone enjoy The fullness of what God has made available. No. Why? A lack of revelation. And a lack of revelation that does not instigate an action. The things of the spirit does not just fall on your laps. You must do something to cause it to happen. Now. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not religion. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about the stuff you need to do before you go to heaven that qualifies you a place in heaven or buys you a place in heaven. That's not what I'm preaching right here. So don't ever think that's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about you have to do good and give people money and give offerings to people before God will write your name in the book of life. Not that, the Bible says, by grace you've been saved. Through faith, it is not your works, it is the gift of God. We understand that. But when you come into the household of God, you've got to learn how things work. Yes. Every nation you live in has got constitution. So you don't say, well, I have no idea that there are things that I need to live by, and so I just do what I want. I have my own constitution. No, you can't have your own constitution in a nation, because if you have your own constitution, you're not going to live right and live well in that nation that you are in. Correct? The moment you cross the border and you come into another country, you have to get rid of your constitution and take on the constitution of the country that you've just crossed into. So you can't go to the USA and say, well, I'm coming from Turkey, we have our own constitution in Turkey, and I'm going to live by the Turkish constitution in America. (laughs) I'm telling you, you'll be thrown into jail. Come on now, say amen. amen. You can't go to Singapore and say, well, I've come with my Turkish constitution to Singapore, and I'm going to live in Singapore with my Turkish constitution. You will be thrown into jail. And in places like that, if you are caught uh-huh. doing some things, you, you will be thrown into jail for life. Come on now, say amen. amen. So, you know, a lot of Christians have come into the church But they have refused to learn the Constitution and the way things are done in the house of God. They say, yeah, but I've got my passport. Yeah, the fact that you have a Turkish passport or you have an American passport does not mean you'll enjoy America. Come on, talk to me. I'm preaching good. If you you believe what I'm saying is true, say amen. 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 Oh, but Pastor, I'm born again. I have my passport. Jesus is in my heart. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Absolutely. I believe it. When you die, you go to heaven. If Jesus comes back right now, you will go to heaven. There's no question about that. But how you live and enjoy the goodness of God in the kingdom of God will depend on how you apply the wisdom and how you apply the revelation of the word of God. Say to two people, God does not show partiality. (laughs) partiality. Now, I said, what God has done for one, God will do for the other. Do you believe it? Do you believe this? What God has done for one, God wants to do for the next. I remember I was uh, over a month or two months ago, I was preaching on Wednesdays. And I was showing you the lives of those that God used in years gone by. We talked about people like Catherine Coleman. We talked about people like Smith Wigglesworth. We talked about people like John G. Lake. We talked about people like, uh, I believe we talked about a. a Allen. I mean, just name them. People that God used in years gone by. People like Archbishop Benson Idahosa. I mean, men and women that were used mightily by God and when you read the stories of these people that were used by god as a preacher i get very excited to read about them and to hear about them but it is important that i understand that what god did through those men and women of god god can also do through me but what i must learn is what did they do come on now say amen. amen some of those people prayed for hours Some of those people spend their lives fasting. People want to operate in the power of God, but they cannot push away the plate of food for one hour. And they wonder why they cannot operate in the power of God when Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration and the disciples came to him. Actually, the man who had brought his son came to Jesus and said, I brought my son to your disciples and they could not help me. And Jesus said, bring the boy to me. And later on, they came to him and said, Lord, why could we not cast that devil out? Jesus said, this kind goeth not out, except by prayer and fasting. So there are situations that you deal with in life that are considered as this kind. There are issues in the lives of people you deal with that are considered as this kind. Paul said in fastings often. That is how he lived his life. We want to, people want to eat 24 7, 365 days in a year and, and expect to operate like Paul. Well, we know that the man wrote two-thirds of the entire New Testament. But listen to what he said to the church at Corinth. I pray in tongues more than all of you put together. Well, when you pray in tongues like that, you will get revelation. Come on now, I'm preaching good, say amen. Amen. When you pray in tongues, you will get revelation. When I gave my life to Christ, it took me about three years before I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, began to pray with tongues, and nobody told me that I could pray in tongues every day. And so I prayed in tongues whenever I felt like it. I prayed in tongues once. In actual fact, I prayed in tongues when I was in church. At home, I had nothing with tongues. And then later on, it took a number of years, and someone, a young man told us, I was probably about 19 at the time, When a young man, of course, young man, he was much older than we were, about five years older than we were, when he said these words to me and a couple of my friends, he said, if you would pray in tongues one hour every day, basically your whole life would change. That's what he was saying to us, I believe. And I can never forget it. I can never forget that. Because I was praying in tongues intermittently. And then I learned that, no, you need to pray in tongues every day. He that prayeth in an unknown tongue speaketh not to men, but to God. How be it in the Spirit? He reveals mysteries. The word there, mysteries, is the Greek word mysterion, which means something covered that can be uncovered. So there are things covered about your destiny. There are things covered about your family. There are things covered about your job. There are things covered about your business. There are things covered about... Your children that you don't know, I believe every parent here needs to pray in tongues and understand the will of God for their kids. Come on, I'm preaching good. Say amen. 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 Don't let me tell you I'm preaching good before you say amen. Amen. You better respond right now. There are things about your life, my friends. These things are heed. These things are so precious because they are god God given and God does not draw precious things on casual people. How many of you understand that it is easier to spend money? Correct? How many of you I know some of you get that? How many of you understand that when I tell you to give an offering and I tell you to put your hand in your neighbor's pocket and pull out the best offering, you will pull out everything in his pocket? Is that true? It's easier to spend someone else's money. Why is it easier to spend someone else's money? Because you didn't work for it. Correct? But when it comes to your money, you want to be what? Aha. You're going to be frugal. You're going to be wise in spending it. You're going to be smart. You just don't want to throw your money away because you work very hard to make that money. Why is it it easier for people To opt out of something that they didn't pay for because someone paid for it we've had Bible school students that came here on scholarship and they were not faithful because they were not paying but if you dip your own hand into your own pocket and you pay your Bible school tuition fee you will go through it because you don't want to lose your money is this making sense this morning Tell somebody there is, there, is there is a price to pay. There is a price to pay. I understand on the earth, we understand these things when it comes to dealing with material things. But when it comes to dealing with spiritual things, a lot of people don't understand the price. Coleman, one of the might, mighty women of God that we talked about, said these words. He said, I died a thousand deaths. I died a thousand deaths. She said, I know the day Catherine died. Oh, yeah. So she walked up the stage, and the glory of God shows up. And people start getting healed and delivered and set free. And then you see that. She said this. I listened to her in one of our videos. She said, she said, young people see the glamour. They see us on stage and see the glamour, but they don't see what happens behind closed doors. Mm, 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 mm. it was said of the Englishman uh, Smith Wigglesworth who did not even go to school was not, he was an illiterate but it was said of him that when you would of course you, you had to leave with him to know that what was happening in his house when you pass by his room you look in you see him sitting on the couch and speaking but you see nobody there He was talking to God fellowship and the one you spend most of your time with you smell like the one you spend most of your time with you look like the one you spend most of your time with you resemble you talk like him because you spend most of your time with him can someone say amen? amen you can't spend quality time with God and not have results <laughs> it's not possible you cannot spend quality time with God and not have results I used to watch a program when I was growing up as a kid back in Lagos, Nigeria the, I can't remember the program example, but it was a sitcom at the time sitcoms were very clean uh, <laughs> but there was this man the main character in this, in this sitcom he would say these lines in every episode if you want to be a millionaire, think like a millionaire. Yes. yes. But you see, to think like a millionaire, you have to hang out with millionaires. You can't think like a millionaire if you're not hanging. Listen, you've got to hang out with people that are successful. When you hang out with people that are successful, the way they live and the way they carry themselves will begin to affect you. If all you've had is poverty, raised in the slums, raised in the ghetto, you think like ghetto people. And no, 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 don't, don't, don't think I'm, I'm speaking in a derogatory term uh, in regards to people that, from, that came from the ghetto. I lived in the ghetto too. But God raised me up, amen. brought me out of the ghetto. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. But when you come out of the ghetto, you've got to renew your mind. Because you've got ghetto thinking. And ghetto thinking can be stinking. So you've got to get rid of that stinking thinking if you want to rise up to the place where God wants you to get to. And you've got to start to rub shoulders with people that are at a certain level in life. And when you begin to rub shoulders with them, the way they carry themselves, the way they talk, the way their etiquette, etiquette about life will begin to affect you. I mean, if you have seen people, my God... They come from somewhere, and so you want to bring them into the palace, and when they get into the palace, they mud it up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a price to pay. And you, you may say, "But well, Pastor Garber, I don't know any millionaire you know me. You know me. Something is wrong with you if you don't realize that I am a millionaire. You know me. Why would you? Yeah. You know me. Something is wrong with you to sit to sit under this word and this ministry and not realize. I know you laugh. You think I'm joking. You think I'm joking. Something is wrong with you to sit here and hang out with me all this while and not realize that I'm a millionaire. Oh, someone say he's boasting. No, I'm not. I'm blessed. Amen. I'm a blessed man. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. Praise God. He provides all that I need and above my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's my shepherd. I don't want. I want for nothing. Somebody shout amen. Amen. So you hear, oh, you just understood that today because I just told you. You just know this. Now, I'm sorry that I've never told you since. Huh? No revelation. You've been here, you've got no revelation of your pastor. Your pastor is blessed. Say amen if you believe it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. You see, I got a word from somebody. He walked up to me and he said, Pastor, I saw a dream about you. And in my dream, the Lord said to me to tell you. At the time he said that to me, he said, because you've been faithful for 15 years, I will make you a millionaire. Amen. So, God... You're jealous, that's why you're not clapping. If you clap, if you clap your hands, then it means you are next in line. Yeah. This is true. Somebody came to me and said, I saw a dream, and the Lord said to tell you that because you've been faithful for 15 years, and I counted. At the time, I have been in this country for more than 15 years. So I was, I was asking my wife when I shared it with my wife, I said, 15 years? But I've been here for more than 15 years. But God has his own count. Yes. Oh, God has a way of counting. Yes. Amen. Amen. So I don't know when he started counting, but he said 15 years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But that's okay with me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with that. 15 years? Okay, that's fine. I've been here for more than 15 years, but he said 15 years. Okay, that's fine. Amen. But again, if there is any message you get from that, not just getting excited for me because God has made me a millionaire, because the Bible says he colored those things that be not as though they were. That's right. And I'm not going to wait until, until I start seeing a million, two, three, four, five in my bank account before I begin to declare that I'm a millionaire. Abraham did not wait until Isaac came before he introduced himself as Abraham, Amen. father of many nations. So I want to introduce myself to you as a millionaire today. So you know. Just know it. Just know it. Just know it. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I'm dressing like a millionaire already because I'm a millionaire. And so don't get jealous now. Come on now. Shout hallelujah. Don't get jealous. Rejoice. And the thing about God is, the way I I work with God is this. I say to God many times, I say, Lord, you know I wasn't asking you for this stuff. I was minding my business when you came came to me and you introduced something to me. And you see, when God comes and introduces something to you, he is obligated to do it. The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Amen. Come on now, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. The word of God is like the snow and the rain that cometh from heaven and returneth not back again, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Come on now, say amen. 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 And so that brother said that to me, and, and, and it was just a confirmation, really. Because prophecy, it's not information, It is confirmation. He wasn't informing me of something I didn't know. Because the Lord had appeared to me in 97, in the month of February, on a Tuesday, as he walked into that room. And while the Lord was there with me, I... Excuse me. While the Lord was there with me, I could... uh, I could see everything in the room. Everything was vivid. The bed, uh, the ironing board, the clothes hanging, and everything that the Lord allowed me to see while he was there, dressed up in white robe and sat beside me on the bed. And, And then I struck up the conversation. I said, Lord, there's something I want you to do for me. At the time, I was dreaming to come to Turkey to play professional football. In actual fact, I didn't know I was going to come to Turkey. I was just asking the Lord to open up the door for me in Europe. Because when you played football in Africa, you get a lot of injuries without a lot of money. <laughs> and so I, uh, <laughs> so I didn't want to play professional football in Nigeria, where I came from. You know, so, But I had the opportunity. If I wanted to, I would have just gone to a club and all of that. I was good at my trade. I was good. <laughs> I was good at it. I I could I could play. I, I could. I could play. I was very skillful. Anyway, so I I was just praying, Lord, give me an opportunity to go to Europe. And so something opened up in Austria in Vienna and they wanted to get it a a natural left left footer, somebody who plays with it because I'm lefty. So they wanted somebody that plays with his left. And that was from Rapid Vienna. At the time it was the number one club in all of Austria. Well, that fell through. I, had, I was going through an injury, recovering, and so I did not get a chance to make the trip. Somebody made the trip in my place and he had like a two week uh, trial with the club and he succeeded, they sent him back to Nigeria he got his uh, clearance from the Nigerian Football Federation and he went back to Austria and he played for the club and I said oh my my opportunity and I uh, felt like I lost that opportunity but really God had something else in mind yeah. so in February Jesus appeared to me in this vision and he sat on the bed and I said Lord there's something I want you to do for me I wanted the goodness of God that and he said He responded, he said, What is it? What do you want? Guess what I asked? Can anyone guess? Those that have heard it, don't say anything. (laughs) You've heard my story. Those that have not heard the story, what do you think I asked the Lord to do? (laughs) You would think I would ask the Lord to give me a million dollar contract with Real Madrid because at the time Real Madrid was my number one team in Europe I really wanted to play for Real Madrid and I really wanted to play for the Nigerian national team growing up as a kid I was already invited to the Nigerian junior team so but I uh, guess what came out of my mouth when the Lord said what do you want me to do for you I said Lord I have heard so much about the rapture oh my god Uh what has the rapture got to do with this I said, Lord, I've heard so much about the rapture. Please help me to take part in the rapture when it will happen. I stand here today with all honesty. I was a child of God at the time, but honestly, that was not my prayer point. <laughs> I had one prayer point. Everyone say one prayer point. There was just one thing I, any, when I prayed Most of the time, that was it. If you looked at my list of prayer needs, that would be number one. I wanted a professional football club in Europe. But here was the Lord with me. I had the opportunity to ask, because he said, what do you want? Take an open check. Fill the check. How much do you want me to give to you? And I said, Lord... I want to be part of the rapture. Oh my God. But I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. Because the moment I said those words. The Lord put his hand on my forehead. And he said these words. Because you have asked for this. Behold. I give you. Riches. And honor. And the Lord stood up and walked to the center of the room. And I was still in bed. He turned, he pointed at me, and he said, I'm not through with you. And he left. It seemed like a dream, but the things in the room were vivid the bedspread was blue i saw the next bed on which my brother slept i saw the clothes hanging i saw the door separating two rooms where the lord it didn't seem like a dream but it seemed like a dream when the lord left i woke up seemed like a dream i ran out and the first person i told was my mother it was in the day I had come back from training in the morning. I just said, let me sleep for a while. Because I used to go to training early in the morning to get myself ready for the Europe trip. (laughs) 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 I said, Mama. Because I called her Mama. Mama, the Lord just appeared to me now. This is what he said. Mom didn't say much. I didn't know Mom knew that I was not supposed to play football. It was after I gave... Into the plan of God here to go to Bible school when I wrote to my family and told them that I've gave up I gave up football mama mama said I knew you shouldn't play football I never told you (laughs) you know when you are so passionate about something you're pursuing it people around you may not be able to tell you the truth because they don't want to hurt you mama said I knew it you shouldn't be playing football but I wanted to play football because I was coming out of abject poverty And I knew that getting one contract will alleviate my family and I didn't just want to alleviate them but I wanted to make good money I wanted to drive a Ferrari (laughs) I had a lot of dreams (laughs) I was in love with a girl at the time also My wife knows all the story, so don't, so don't worry. She knows all the story. She knows the whole story. So it's no secret to her, because I told her everything. I confessed. <laughs> I made my confession to the priest. <laughs> and this priest is a royal priesthood, by the way. So I made my confession to the ro- to a royal priesthood. I told her all the stuff you know the things that I I was involved with this girl and I had to get a contract because me and her we sat and we talked about the future We talked about how we're going to do this and do that and I wanted to marry her quickly I needed money to do that too <laughs> and I had to impress the father but um, So I go to church that Tuesday evening. I go to church in the evening, and when I got to church, my pastor at the time was teaching in a Bible study. And guess what he was teaching? From the life of Solomon, when Solomon became the king in place of his father David, he went to Gibeon. The Bible says Gibeon was the high place where people would offer their sacrifices to God. He went to Gibeon and he offered 1,000 burnt offerings. Everyone say 1,000. Now, his offering to God was excessive. Because I I learned and and I, I heard that when a king is enthroned, back then they offer one burnt offering. I want to say one burnt offering. Amen. But when Solomon was, Solomon was enthroned, he did not offer one burnt offering. He offered 1,000 bond offering. Amen. And my Bible tells me that in the night, I want to say in the night, Amen. God appeared unto Solomon and God said to Solomon, what do you want me to do for you? There are things that instigate things in the spirit to happen. That's what I was talking about earlier. People want the glory, but they don't want the price. There are things you do out of revelation that will instigate the spiritual, spiritual realm. That's why I told you earlier that blessing does not accidentally come. So when he offered 1,000 bond offerings to God, the Bible says in the night God appeared to him. And God says, Solomon, what do you want? And guess what Solomon asked? He said, I'm a young man, I'm inexperienced, I do not know how to go out or come in. And you've given me all these people to lead. Lord, give me a wise and an understanding heart. And listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, and his request pleased the Lord. And the Lord said to Solomon, I have given you a wise and an understanding heart. But I've also given you that which you haven't asked for. What are the two things you gave him? Both riches and honor. I got it. That's what he told me. That's what he told me. The same thing he told me. My request pleased him. When I asked to be raptured, not to get a club. When I asked for that which was spiritual, not for that which was material. And that brought him delight. And so what he did to Solomon about 4,000 years ago, he also did to me. How did the pastor know that I had that experience? No, what the Lord was saying to me was using that old passage in the Bible to confirm what he told me in the day. And how many of you know that God never lies? (coughs) How many of you know that God will never lie? When he says a thing, he will bring it to pass. Can someone shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Can someone shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Can someone shout a better hallelujah? Hallelujah. Now all that I've been sharing with you so far will also help you understand that God is no respecter of persons. Pastor God, what you mean Jesus appeared to you? Well, let me just say this to you jesus has appeared to me a couple of times when i also arrived istanbul turkey 97 the lord appeared to me but when he did in november 97 he did not say anything to me i'm sorry he did say something to me but what he said was not a lot he said i am satisfied with you that was it and he left so i've had the privilege the honor that's why the ministry of uh, the late kenneth hagen Stirs me a lot. I read this book, I Believe in Visions. And that book impacted my life. I can read that book every day. I'm a big believer in the supernatural power of God. I'm a big believer in the revelation of God. I'm a big believer in visions. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But, but here's what I'm saying to you. What God has done for one, God can do for the other. Amen. Because God is no respecter of persons. The Bible, the book we read, is filled with patterns. Everyone say patterns. It's filled with blueprints of what God has done for one person that God can do for the next person. And so I'm going to run you quickly some of these examples in the Bible that we see as people experience the goodness of God because of what they did The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse number 19 I set before you this day life and death I want to say life and, life and death blessing and cursing I want to blessing and cursing Choose life so You and your children may live. Blessing, cursing does not accidentally fall upon anybody. You've got to choose one. Notice it says choose life so that you and your children will live. Can I talk to parents just a little bit? The decisions you make will affect your children. When you grow up, you get rid of the mentality, this life is mine. No, it's not yours alone. It is babies. It's mine. It's my life. I can do whatever I want. No, you cannot do whatever you want. Because what you want may not be what is good. What you want may not be what's going to favor your children. Can someone say amen? amen. So the decisions you make will affect your children. See, this is where generational blessing comes, and this is where generational cursing comes. See this thing Africans pray a lot about. My father's father, my father's father's father, what happened to them? It will not happen to me. Let me tell you, you can be the one that stops it. Amen. And the got into what they are into because of the choices they made. You can begin to make choices that brings glory to God. And when you begin to make choices that glorify God, God will honor you. God said in his word in the book of 1 Samuel, I will honor those that honor me. And those that despise me, I will esteem them lightly. So with all this thing about generational curses, I'm here to introduce to you generational blessing. That amen needs prayer. I'm here to introduce to you generational blessing. You can be the man that will introduce generational blessing into your lineage. I believe you are the man. I believe you are the woman to introduce generational blessings into your lineage. You don't have to suffer what your father suffered. Your kids don't have to suffer what your your father or your grandfather suffered. You have to make choices that will bless your children. The Bible says a good man will leave an inheritance unto his children's children. That's generational. Come on now, say amen. amen. In Joshua 24, verse number 15, it says, choose ye this day whom you shall serve who's gonna choose who is who is the one who you are the one to choose see God does not choose for you God already told you what to choose God says to you choose life you see this is the reason I I posed that question earlier on do we have every Christian take benefit take advantage of the benefit of God Do they all enjoy what God has given to us? Why? Because there are Christians that are still making poor choices. Choices that glorify the flesh. Correct? Choices that glorify the flesh. If you keep making choices that glorify the devil and glorify the flesh, you are hindering yourself. Is it okay if we preach the truth? Uh, Is it okay if we preach the truth? So if you run around and do stuff that's not to the glory of God, you are destroying your destiny. And you are destroying the future of your children. Now, your children will get to the age of accountability where they have to make their own choice too. I understand that. Until then, your decisions will affect them. I bumped into a guy i was out on evangelism years ago and i bumped into this guy in tbs if you know what tbs is the abbreviation for talabashir (laughs) so i bumped into this nigerian guy and we got talking i was out on evangelism just meeting with people and all that and the guy said to me as we were having this conversation I think with me, I'm very, I'm not judgmental. I'm non judgmental. I, I don't judge people. So I think people easily connect with me because I think I see the best in people. You know what I mean? Um, but, anyways, that doesn't mean I'm naive, though. I'm not stupid. Look at my forehead. You see, stupid? Yeah? No, I'm not stupid. <laughs> but in the course of our conversation, the young man said to me that he. Uh, he said, I'm a, I swindle money. Okay, he said, he's a con man, swindles money from people. And then he said to me, he said, uh, Pastor, if I swindle money and I tithe from it, yes. will the rest not be clean? <laughs> How dumb can you get? <laughs> I said, no. And I took him deep. Everyone said deep. Deep. Go deeper I'm going I went deeper with the guy. I went very deep. Your tithe does not cleanse the money. In actual fact, the money is not filthy. your heart is. Because money would take the character of the owner. I've never seen money with a gun walking down the road to kill somebody. But I've heard of people who hire people to kill people and pay them to do so but that's the money if it gets into the hand of a godly man he will use it for the right reason so this whole thing about the money is filthy the money is dirty well money is always in circulation the one you have in your pocket how clean is it (laughs) no really let's let's be honest how clean is it no I understand what people are trying to say it is, uh, the Bible talks about working righteous labor. Let him that stole, let him steal no more, let him walk with his hands that which is fitting that he might have to give unto those that are in need. So, righteous labor. The Lord will bless your righteous labor. But the money itself may have been touched by, ma- by a mafia <laughs> before it got into your own hands. That's a fact. People launder money all the time. So don't tell me the one you have in your pocket is clean because you didn't print it. <laughs> Correct? Yes. So the heart of the person is what is filthy. Mm-hmm. So then I began to deal with this condition. I said to him, in Exodus chapter 20, where it talks about those that worship idols, well, right, I'm the Lord your God, thou shalt not <laughs> worship any other gods before me, for God will not take it lightly with those who worship other gods for then he says that there's going to be a curse upon them unto the fourth generation. That was the fourth generation. So I helped him count. I said, you, your son is your first generation. Your son's son is the second generation. Your son's son's son, third generation. Your son's son's son is your fourth. (laughs) I said, the curse on your life will extend to them. I said it in love. The Bible says to tell the truth in love. <laughs> but but we've got to tell the truth. Because for someone to think that, oh, I swindle money and I tithe from it, and when I tithe from it, what is left is clean. That's a that's a that's a depraved mentality. And we have to help them get out of that. Come on now, say amen. amen. <laughs> Your drug money is not cleansed because you tithe. The money you stole in the office is not cleansed because you tithe. I'm preaching good now. You better say amen to this. It's getting quiet at the river. (laughs) Honor the Lord with your substance from righteous labor. And with the first fruits of all your increase, so shall your barns be filled with plenty, and your vats shall overflow with new wine. Amen. God will honor those who honor Him. Amen. Can someone shout, "Amen"? Amen. Key number one: You want to see the favor of God? Do favor to God's people. Galatians six ten says: Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all men. I want to say to all men. Especially, I want to say, especially, especially to those of the household of faith. When you do good to God's people, you will experience the goodness of God. I'll give you a few examples and I'll finish. The midwives in Egypt, I want to say, the midwives. The midwives in Egypt, in Exodus chapter 1, look at verse 20. Therefore, God dealt well with the midwives. And the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because, I want to say because, because the midwives feared God that He provided households for them. Now, these midwives were instructed by Pharaoh when the Hebrew women deliver, if they give birth to a male child kill that child. Is that what they were told to do? But the Hebrew the midwives did not do that. They did not obey Pharaoh's instruction. And because they did God's people good and favor, God gave them their own homes. Amen. Anybody getting this today? <laughs> Their act of kindness towards God's people earned them a place in God's record. The good things you do for God's people will earn you a place. Can someone shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Look at the next person, Rahab. Moses was dead at this time and Joshua assumed the role of leadership and uh, he sent two spies into Jericho. He said, go into Jericho and spy out the land and come back with report. And these spies got into Jericho, but things went crazy. Someone noticed that two men had come into the city. And the army and the king was ready to kill them. But here is a hollot. She hid them in her house. She did this. This was a risky thing to do. Because, you know, if you do stuff like that, you are... What do they, What what's the name for people? People who sell out, who sell out their nation. Huh? they committed treason, right? Right? You you are collaborating with the enemy. Is that correct? You you, they call you all kinds of names. Is that true? That's a terrible act. She put her life on the line to help God's people. Come on now, say amen. Amen. And what happened? She became the great-great-grandmother of King David. Talk about blessing. Talk about the goodness of God. You became the great-great-grandmother of King David. King David is considered the greatest king Israel ever had. You know, in in Israel, they will say King David, King Jesus. These are the two kings, you know. Can someone say amen? amen? So Jesus came from the lineage of David. For those that will go out of their way to treat God's people with favor, there shall definitely be a great return before this year runs out. The third person is Dorcas. Acts chapter 9. It says, Now there was a Joppa, a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works, and alms deed which she did. <clears throat> the day came that Dorcas died. When she died, the people said, We cannot bury this woman. She is too good to go. She's too good to what? she's not dying we're not gonna bury her they heard that Peter was around they said let's go and call the man of God and guess what they called on Peter and Peter came guess the first thing that the women did when they saw Peter they brought the fabric they brought the clothes they brought the gifts that Dorcas had given to them when she was alive you know what I got from that message When you cannot speak for yourself, your good deeds will speak for you. Peter, this is what she gave me. This is what she gave me. This is what she gave me. And that moved Peter. Her good deeds began to speak for her. We've got to be full of good works. Amen. Listen, my brothers and sisters, we've got the day, listen, people will remember you for the good things you do. Always do good. Always do good. I say always do good. Some people are enjoying the good their father did. This is true. true. Some are enjoying the good their father did. Not what they have done, but the good that was done by their father. A good name is better than gold and silver. And in all relationships, all relationships I have, I I, I do not boast, but I tell you this to help you. I treat people kindly. I will be the last to break it off. I'll do everything I can to walk in peace with you. Treat people with respect. Treat people with honor. Yes. The people you treat well today might be your helper tomorrow. Yes. When you look at people and you, you despise them, you talk down at them, you make them feel... You see, sometimes that is the challenge of being... One of the challenges of being a pastor is treating everybody well. And you know the way we do it here. I treat everybody is special to me. Everybody is everybody is special. Everybody is special. Come on now, say amen. amen. That's one of the challenges you have in the ministry, dealing with different people, because you have places where Mr. Money sits in the front and the rest sit in the back. Maybe we need to get some special seat for us. Because we don't have any special seat for us. We all sit up. You don't even know they are pastors, unless you've been here for a long time. Because we don't have special big seat for daddy and mommy. <laughs> no, really. These are, these are, in the church, we consider them as our dad and mom. Right? Praise God. But see, we, we did not set aside one big white Yeah. Or gold. No, because we we don't do we don't do that. We all sit here. Where's my wife? Look at her standing in the back. She's even looking after the kids. That's mama pastor. She should be in the front. You you you're sitting here, my wife should be sitting here, bro. What's up? What's up with you? You're sitting this is you're sitting you're sitting this is where my wife should be sitting. And here you are sitting here <laughs> taking notes. My wife is at the back standing, going into the kids' room, looking after your children.
1: No respect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the church sometimes gets so filled up, we send our staff they give up their seats. They go to the back yeah. to accommodate everybody else. Yeah. So treat people with honor. Some of the relationships I have today <coughs> with some people, I mean, very infl- some very influential people. I mean, there's this guy. I mean, he was the, he's still the international representative for the full gospel businessmen's fellowship. International. <laughs> Travels the world gotta give me a call. Say, uh Pastor God, I got your number from da 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 da. Is it okay if I meet with you? I didn't know who he was. But honor people. So I said, okay, let's meet. We met up and that was it. The rest is history. Today we are tight. And through him I've met even the president, the president of the full gospel businessmen's fellowship in all of Nigeria. You don't know who you are meeting. Treat them with honor. And even if they don't have anything to give you, that is the more reason you need to treat them with honor. Because the Bible teaches against treating these people specially and those people with disdain and disrespect. Disrespect. And every one of us must watch it. This is not just my responsibility as a pastor. Even in your own personal lives, in your homes, praise God. And we don't want to be cliquish in this church where we have this group, rich group, just like what they had in the church in Corinth. The rich men will get together for communion. They'll leave out the poor people. <laughs> Paul got upset. Paul said, "We can't have that. We cannot have that in church." Tell your neighbor, "You mean a lot to me." Say, "You mean a lot to me." Be careful when you're telling someone's wife that, though. <laughs> 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 I saw saw one brother. I saw one brother. He turned, he looked at this. You mean a lot to me. And it's about to turn. And that's somebody's wife. You mean a lot. Don't say it. (laughs) If If you have someone's wife sitting beside you. Just say, just say, God bless you. <laughs> yes, I know. I know, of course. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. You know I'm joking, of course. <laughs> you know, sometimes we say things and then we realize, oh my God, why, why did I even ask them to say that? Because... <laughs> This guy is sitting in a very hot seat. Here, here this man. This seat is too hot. <coughs> he looks here. Oh, oh. He looks over here. That's someone's wife. Now what does he do? Look straight. <laughs> you can look at me. Tell me. Tell me. Aha. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Dorcas is dead. They said she wouldn't die. So they call in Peter and Peter comes and brings her back to life. But I want you to notice the reason they wouldn't let her go is because of the good deeds she had done for them. Cornelius, Acts 10. You don't have to turn there. But the Bible tells us that this man was doing good deeds. An angel appeared to him and said, go call on Peter. And he calls on Peter and as Peter was speaking in the house of Cornelius in verse number in chapter ten of Acts, verse forty-four, the Bible says, "While Peter spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell upon everyone in the house." This man was good in, rich in good works. You say, "Oh, all this, all this message on works, 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 works." Listen, your salvation does not come by works, but your salvation will produce good works. Jesus was anointed, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with what? Who went about doing what? Good. good. We have to be filled with good works. This church will be known as a church that is demonstrating the good works of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can someone shout amen? Amen. In Luke chapter 7, you don't, I'll just ref, re, reference to it. From verse number two, they came to Jesus and they said, they said to Jesus, this man needs you. And now listen to this, listen to this. It was the Jewish leaders that came to plead with Jesus on behalf of this centurion. Now, if you understand anything at the time with the Romans and the Jews, you understand the Jews were under the thumbs of the Romans. So this military man, the centurion was basically an example of oppression to the Jews. Correct? They would take taxes, tributes from the Jews, and give it to the Romans. Now this man was different. Because the Jews said to Jesus, he deserves it. Do you know why? You know why? Because, listen to what they said. They said, because he has built us a synagogue. He built God's people a place of worship. When he needed help, God's people stood with him. Jesus, this man deserves it. One day, your good works are going to speak for you. Amen. They're going to speak for you. Amen. Don't, the Bible says, don't be tired in doing good. You shall reap your harvest if you don't get tired, if you don't faint. People do it once and twice, and they stop. Continuously do good. The day is coming. You may not be the one to put in a good word for yourself. God will raise somebody to put in a good word for you. Amen. What I'm What I've been building for some time now, for some years, are good relationships. Good relationships. Good relationships are more important than gold and silver. Good relationships will bring you into places money cannot. Good relationships will open doors that money cannot open. Good relationships. My wife will tell me sometimes, "Uh, are you in touch with that person? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She said, you, you, she basically just like, good job, because when I connect with you, you have to tell me, leave me alone, because <laughs> I'm not going to leave you. When I connect with you, I connect with you. That is one of the things I appreciate. I app- I've told the staff, this is one of the major things I appreciate about Pastor Gregory DeKal. We are like this. Why? Because that's the character that's the nature since he came here to preach he, he, he writes me almost every week so he does not write me because he wants a pulpit I was in his church in Chicago and my god oh my god He's not looking for a place to preach he has a mega church he has a school has a church I mean does I mean, amazing stuff that he does. It's not like he's looking for a place to preach. But, but, but the simplicity, the down-to-earth attitude. And when he first came here, I didn't know how big. I mean, we were just talking and all that. Pastor Corey already had told me he was on TBN and all that. But when he came here, we, we, we met, we talked. I really didn't know. And talking about like when I'm with Creflo Dollar. So, oh, okay. But then sometimes you really don't get it until you go there. So my brother drives me into his church. I look at the parking lot alone. Oh, my God. And I'm received into the place, into the sanctuary. And he personally came out and hugged me. And told one of his guys, said take him all over the property. They took me all over the property, and then I went in there. No plan. He said to me, he had his own program, but he said to me, Let's do a program together. Oh, yeah. And we did a program together. Come on now, say amen. 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 I can't, people like that, you you build relationships. Be kind. Don't be rough and rude. Don't talk to people like, blah, blah, blah. I'll beat you, you now. You don't beat nobody. I'm done with you. Don't, do, don't be quick to burn bridges. The Bible says, So follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. Do your best. Do your best. The Bible says, as long as it depends on you, do your best. I will do my best to walk in peace with everybody. But I'm building relationships, friendship, that will last a long time till Jesus returns. Can someone shout amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 And that's the thing. That's the nature of God. That's the nature of Jesus. He's a friend that's ticket closer than a brother. We're not going to be quick to write people off. We're not going to be quick to judge. We're we're not going to be quick to to kick people out. Come on now, shout amen. Amen. Have you been blessed by this message? Praise God. Now, I know that was for me. Now, clap for Jesus. Good. Now that is for Jesus. Now one for the Holy Ghost. Yes. You know, one more for Baba God. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise the Lord Hallelujah, Hallelujah.